We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Tuesday version of the RotoWire NFL podcast, sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me at JB Fantasy Sports. I've been tweeting way too much, feels like the past couple days. Enjoyed alongside me, as always, or at least for the rest of the season, is my illustrious partner, Jake Latarski. You can follow him at JakeSki52. Um, really, there's actually been a, a, a fair bit of news. It feels like not just yesterday, but today, in particular, Tyler Boyd being the, the main headline, I think, for NFL. And this is course coming because people are coming into training camp now we have mm-hmm. teams all arriving so we're going to actually have fantasy relevant news we're not just going to be making different examples of things this is an exciting time and really the training camp coming around the boyd news in particular is a big deal four-year contract 43 million dollars uh considering how much marvin jones and muhammad sanu signed for in 2016 jones was i think four years or five years 40 million sanu was close to that a little bit under this feels like a relative bargain for a Bengals franchise that has struggled mightily to actually acquire talent whether it be drafting it and guys feel like we get hurt all the time i've heard jeff erickson mm-hmm. rant about that ad nauseum it feels like especially with the jonah williams injury their first round pick this year 
So to get him at a four-year, $43 million deal with those other guys, which are lesser talents, signing for a similar price, this is a fantastic mm-hmm. bargain for the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, they got to like this. I bet you, I know there's some running backs out there that definitely wish they could get this kind of money. Um, and we'll definitely talk about that in a little bit too. But yeah, your point about news is it's really picking up. I was looking, even when I was just looking through the Rotowire player news feed today to kind of look for tidbits and nuggets that would, would be good for the show. I mean, it's hot right now. There's a lot going on. So tons of content over on our site to check out. But yeah, four years, 40 three uh for tyler boyd now aj green's got to be wondering okay when is it going to be my turn but but you're right i mean offensively this Bengals team seems pretty talented i mean there's there's something to be desired at the quarterback position of course but uh it's not like dalton doesn't have weapons here and, and you got joe mixon and you got these this pair of receivers that when healthy can do a lot of damage yeah i'm not as optimistic about the Bengals' offense as you are, and that is entirely because their offense aligned again they lost their first round pick mm-hmm. for the season they've struggled it feels like for the last couple of years now to replace the talent, they signed Bobby Hart to a outrageously expensive deal considering the Giants of all teams who have struggled really, really bad in the last two or three seasons to get offense line, mm-hmm. cut him, yet they signed him to a, a bigger deal. I'm, I'm Good not, agent. Good agent. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. And the Bengals, they, they like to keep their talent in-house, but they don't go out and really sign many mm-hmm. people. That's kind of been the staple of the Paul Brown – or not Paul Brown, uh, the owner for the Bengals, that, that, that kind of um, – they, they don't go out and sign many people, and it's been a frustrating thing, for, certainly for Cincinnati, who is – I think been a sleeper kind of candidate in the AFC North now for quite mm-hmm. a while with Andy Dalton yeah. and AJ Green well, I mean, at the top of their game. Not having Marvin Lewis as a coach, right? That's got to be uh, a little bit of an upgrade, right? Well, I, we don't really know what the Zach Taylor era has in store, but you're right. I mean, Marvin Marvin Lewis, I think, gets a little bit run over when it terms when it comes to mm-hmm. coach because he hasn't had a lot of talent. I feel like, yeah. uh, or he's had to deal with mm-hmm. a lot of personalities on his roster. I've always thought of him as more of a defensive minded guy, sure. anyway. So that you know sure. that could be part of it. Okay, but since today's theme is going to be auctions, uh, we price Tyler Boyd out at about seventeen sixty eight for this season. Remember, we're expecting uh, A.J. Green to come back fully healthy, so he will be playing second fiddle. I don't see much of a threat from the tight end position over there. And I do. I mean, looking down that wide receiver depth chart, Alex Erickson, he's a kick returner. John Ross, we all know he's fast, but that's about all we know about him. So uh, clear-cut number two receiver that becomes a pretty dang productive fantasy active asset should anything happen to A.J. Green, and that's been prone to happen over of in recent memory. Was that $17 for PPR format or mm-hmm. just a standard league? So what we're going to do for this show, you know, we talked about the Auction Draft 101 last show. We're going to talk a lot more about specific player valuations, and the general baseline we're going to go with is going to be half-point PPR, three wide receivers, one flex, 12-team league. That seems to be the most common standard one. Now, we understand... Uh, values are going to change based on your format and if you're ever curious about a player evaluation or want to hear more definitely get after us on twitter at jb fantasy sports at jakeski 52 we'll help you out with that and of course the rotowire draft software and even the web-based tools have you all set with all these types of things so we're going to kind of go with that baseline as we go through the news and go position by position and talk a little bit about how these players might be valued yeah, and we're going to go over our specific values and different players that we like a little bit later on in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Continuing with that news trend, though, of course, Tyler Boyd's contract, I think, is going to be the biggest headline throughout today. Uh, Alan Hearns was released by the Cowboys, though, and this maybe is a bit of an under-the-radar um, transactional move, particularly since the passing attack for the Cowboys is supposed to be better this season. Do you feel at all interested more so in Randall Cobb, I think, or even Michael Gallup, now that we know that Hearns is out? He, of course, suffered a horrific mm-hmm. leg injury last season and really kept him from being able to, I think, 
play to the potential that we thought he had with the Jaguars. Yeah, apparently the Cowboys uh, wanted him to take a pay cut. Uh, which is kind of understandable given the, uh, the, what they have set up at that position. Of course, Amari Cooper, the number one. Everyone thought real highly of Michael Gallup coming into his rookie year. I think it's reasonable to expect improvement. And, of course, Randall Cobb's on the roster. So if you have a guy in Hearns that isn't necessarily healthy, man, we're going to have some issues when the NFL CBA comes up because the NFL is very interesting. No such thing as uh, – very rarely is there such a thing as a guaranteed contract unless you're uh, Kirk, Kirk Cousins. Cousins. Yeah. <laughs> we had that right, right, on, right on the spot here. Um, but but the, I guess they left the door open to possibly resign. But either way, this is a non-needle mover for me. He doesn't go up far enough on that depth chart to warrant any fantasy consideration, especially coming off the injury. Speaking of non-needle moving Cowboys news, Zeke Elliott, his holdout is still pending. There's no decision been reached. Evidently, he's planning to leave the country when training camp yeah. is supposed to start for yeah. the Cowboys. We didn't write this up on our side. I just saw a couple other reports. Oh, kind of, yeah, you saw that. Like, okay, they're going to start training camp on Friday. Uh, he's planning to form an excursion outside the country. So, you know, something doesn't quite add up there. Obviously, these guys can get on a jet and hop back at any point. But I just thought that was kind of interesting no, it's, behavior. It's, a, it's like a multi-country vacation that he's doing uh, mm-hmm. in Europe, and I think he's going to some eastern countries as well too. It's it was a bit of an odd decision. The fact that that's news in 2019, I think, says more about Mm -hmm. us as a culture than it really does about Zeke Elliott and what he's going to be doing. Obviously, the rigors of an NFL season, I don't want to really get on somebody for wanting to take a vacation before Mm -hmm. it starts. I'm not concerned about the holdout. I've said it last week. I'll say it again. I'll continue to say it. Talk to me in three weeks or four weeks when we're kind of in the middle of the preseason. He's still not there. Mm -hmm. That's when I think it'll be an issue. But until that comes to fruition, this is a non-issue. Yeah, same deal with Melvin Gordon. You know, I'm not really necessarily ready to move these guys down unless, you know, we, again, we fast forward a month. And and if on, uh, you know, this time in August, we have the same situation. No news, no training camp appearance, no preseason games. I mean, neither of those guys should be playing preseason games anyway, if we're being honest here. Uh, but yeah, I'm not really ready to move that for now. Zeke's still number two on our big board here uh, after Saquon Barkley. Of course, that's a little debatable. I've seen Zeke kind of fall. I think I mentioned this. Maybe I mentioned this last week. Uh, he's fallen underneath Christian McCaffrey uh, in NFFC leagues, yeah. and those are those are PPR leagues. So I could see how that would be a little bit closer in valuation and how the holdout might nudge the ADP a little bit. Um, I'd still take Zeke number two. And I honestly, if you want to take Zeke number one, I'm not ready to fault you for it yet. And I, I was talking with Chris Liss on SiriusXM yesterday. He's actually also fallen below Kamara, too, at this point. So oh, wow. he's he's number four right now. So it would, it would go Barkley, McCaffrey, particularly in the NFC, which you point out is mm-hmm. PPR. So I, that makes sense to me that he would go number two. Kamara, three, and then Zeke, four. At this point, I don't know why people are concerned about it, but let them, because this is a value point. Mm-hmm. If you have that number four pick, not that you would ever be upset about taking Kamara, but I'll definitely have a Zeke Absolutely. over him. And just a reminder, if you're a newer listener, uh, NFFC, that's the National Fo- Fantasy Football Championships. It's They're well-respected, higher stakes leagues. It's people paying a lot more. They have more at stake than your $20 friends league, essentially. Yeah. And not to shame those. Those are fun. That's why we love doing this. But uh, uh, those ADP numbers are generally pretty trustworthy because you don't have a random coming yeah exactly a lot of skin in the game you don't really have necessarily like your random person doing it for their first time just kind of drafting on colors or anything like that so you whereas other adp data might have some of that skewed in there so that's why that we generally consider those to be pretty reliable and we also post those on rotowire.com neither of us have participated in nffc league yet but i would like to change that at least Mm -hmm. this year i've been looking into it sniffing around and Maybe that'll be a different podcast topic that we can talk about. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited to kind of participate in that and monitoring mm-hmm. the, the ADP 
as as we really get into the heart of August, I think it's going to be a big deal and, and will be a good point to kind of focus on. Two other receiver notes, they didn't actually occur Tuesday, but I think are, are worth mentioning. Julian Edelman is going to be out three weeks with a thumb injury. Apparently, he was at a, a camp with some kids. We saw him have a splint on. Evidently, he's going to be out for a couple of couple of days at least. Um, are, are you at all knocking Edelman uh, on your rankings at all, or do you kind of think this is a non-issue given his role in the Patriots' passing attack? Yeah, not necessarily for me. I mean, if there's anybody that doesn't need training camp, it's 33-year-old Julian Edelman, who's essentially <laughs> been, the entire time he's been relevant as a fantasy player, he's had the exact same quarterback, the exact same coach, you know, similar offensive scheme here. So uh, this, is, this is very interesting because uh, when we look at auction values, Edelman is priced out right about the same as Tyler Boyd. I have him at 1704 I think, what did I say for Boyd? 17, as well for Boyd. Yeah, 1758 maybe. So uh, very very similar players. Again, this is half-point PPR. Um, I mean, after Edelman came back, he was definitely a factor down the stretch, and the Patriots just don't have a whole lot else left at wide receiver here. So um, if he misses preseason games, he misses camp doesn't really move the needle for me i think uh i'd be i'd be pretty happy to get him at 17 dollars in a 12 team league i actually think this benefits a guy like first round pick Nikhil harry more than anyone else where he's going to get more opportunities not that he wasn't already but even more opportunities perhaps as the number one target for tom brady that chemistry is going to make a difference but i'm not worried at all about julian edelman nor am i uh, worried about julio jones who apparently has a foot issue that he's managing which shouldn't be as much of a surprise because i feel like he's done that for the last two years of his career Mm -hmm. sure a guy that he hasn't he's not holding out i think he's along with AJ Green uh, looking for a new contract. The Falcons have been aggressive in re-signing some of their talent, most notably the middle linebacker recently. Uh, I could see Julio Jones getting his contract extension as early as next week, but I don't know if we'll know for certain. The details, again, not a big deal for his foot injury. And as a guy that's going at the end of the first round, beginning of the second round, higher price guy in auction league formats for wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I'm not putting any uh, sort of concern on this foot issue whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely. He's still part of the big five. What I like to think of wide receivers, there's definitely five of them that seem to be uh, separated themselves from the rest, you know, priced out around $45. This news doesn't change that. And uh, same thing with DeAndre Hopkins, you know, very minor uh, yes. uh, ankle injury. It's called technically on the pup list for now. Um, again, you know, right around a 50 or so dollar player, part of the big five. You don't take them out just because of this minor news a month before the season starts. The, the pup list, I think, is an important distinction. It's the preseason pup list, not the regular season one where you're missing at least six games. Mm-hmm. The preseason one, you're allowed to come back at any point in the preseason. You just can't practice or, or do any sort of training or even working out during that time. So once mm-hmm. you're off the preseason pup list, you're good to go. No concerns. You're not missing any regular season games. It's mm-hmm. the regular season pup list. Exactly. That's a big distinction. I've seen <laughs> some people get concerned about that. Mm-hmm. And that's not to be confused with the non-football injury list, which is another thing. <laughs> you know, we've got all these uh, all these transactions here, and that happened to be Frank Gore was put on the non-football injury list. Uh, really just to limit his workload, though. You know, when you get a back of his age that's still trying to be relevant uh, in the league, no surprises there. Yeah, no, I agree with you. All right, so we kind of talked about the top of the podcast. We're going to be going into our specific auction values that we're interested in today. We have different formats that we'll touch on, and maybe even some different specific teams and animal-related teams that we'll be talking on, uh, at least based off our Twitter indications from last night when we posed that question. But before we get into that, let's get a word from our sponsors, Yahoo DFS. It's officially July, which means football season is around the corner, and Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get in the action now. With Best Ball, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment. No waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make these tough decisions start or sit. Focus on the best part of the fantasy football, the draft. 
Started doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early and not finish drafts. Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football, but don't want to manage those teams all season. You can draft up to 50 best ball teams right now. Play for free or play for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join a league today at yahoo.com slash best ball. Coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. All right. We touched on it before uh, the commercial here. Auction draft values. I think the best way to do this is by going position by position, identifying players that we like relative to, their, relative to their values and other players around that same price. The best part about auction drafts, and we talked about last week when we were just going over the overall strategies, is you can get your players. Like if you want to have Saquon Barkley and Zeke Elliott on your team, go for it. That's the whole purpose of the auction draft. And it limits some of that uh, RNG that you get when you're rolling the dice on whatever pick you get. Mm-hmm. I love that part of it. And I think it makes it equally important to identify which position players you want, how to structure your team, and who in particular you might like. Oh man, Saquon and Zeke on the same team. That's that's just one of my wet dreams here. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you better be ready with $1 wide receivers yeah. and, and be ready to punt tight end and quarterback uh, if you're going to do that. But yeah, we'll start we'll start with quarterbacks and tight ends, and then we'll kind of do more in-depth breakdowns and, on running backs and receivers uh, later on in the show. There's definitely a lot to discuss. Like you said, 12-team, half-point PPR, three wide receivers, and a flex. That's kind of the basis that we'll go off of, but we're always help happy to uh, go deeper into other players. And uh, Joe, you asked me the other day about negative auction values on the sheet. And this seems to be something that uh, when I very first started at Rotowire five, six years ago, I, I did some, uh, I moonlighted and did some customer service. You know, we have, a, we have a great support team here for our subscribers. And one of the most common questions we got in football season was, what the heck's up with negative auction values? You can't pay negative dollars for a player. Your thing's broken. You know, we get this all the time. But what we, what we need to understand here is um, negative auction value players, that it essentially means they're $0 players or players that under your league set setup shouldn't be bought at auction should be left on the waiver wire but the problem is we need to find a way to rank all of those zero dollar players right otherwise they're just going to come in alphabetically and it's not going to be helpful there's going to be some guys definitely whatever system you use that are going to go off on your draft that are going to be taken that are negative one negative five maybe someone's got a real real deep sleeper that they want to they want to secure with their last roster spot it might be negative 15 20 it'll happen we just need a way to rank these players you know so like uh if i take quarterbacks for example uh, that that's one that i like to do that, that i mentioned with you yesterday like um you know nick Foles in a standard league is probably going to be a negative player um you know guys like uh you know I don't know, Sam Darnold, Matt Stafford, those are negative players, right. but we still have to rank them relative to your, I don't know, Deshaun Kaiser, Teddy Bridgewater, just Chase Daniels. Obviously, those guys are going to be way more negative. So the only thing with negative auction values is, uh, you know, we, I, we, I mentioned this a little bit in our auction value 101 the other day. It's just essentially players that we determined shouldn't be bought at auction, but we need to rank them in some way. Yeah, I, I was already hitting you with the noob questions out there for the <laughs> auction league, but I'm glad we got that conversation out there because it's an important distinction, right? Like a guy like Kyler Murray, who uh, I want to make sure I have it actually correct when I say that, uh, mm-hmm. is listed at negative four on our website right now based off the specifications we talked about. So he's a $1 quarterback. I think it's probably fair to say, mm-hmm. at least by the end of August, that that's not going to be the case. We're talking about a guy like uh, Cam Newton at $10, Rogers at Aaron Rodgers at $8. I think those are both values. Currently, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised, especially as the helium continues to rise for that Cardinals offense, and we see it on the field in the preseason, the guy like Kyler Murray isn't going to be a negative value, but more like a 4 or $5. Mm-hmm. And I, again, that's, that's an important part to kind of pinpoint when you're looking at these auction values and determining who you like and who you don't like. Exactly. And then there's going to be some kind of strategy distinction with how you determine um, quarterback pricing. You know, 
if it's a 12 team league, you don't necessarily have to have 24 positive value quarterbacks. You know, Kyler Murray, no doubt in my mind, he's in the top 24, but I, I don't know about you, but especially if you end up with one of those top tier quarterbacks, I don't necessarily see a need to draft a second quarterback. Obviously, if you're playing best, best ball or, or those kind of things, uh, you definitely you want to get multiple quarterbacks. Sometimes I do three in my best ball leagues because it's such a yes. high-scoring position, and I want to always get um, somebody to, to really produce there. But uh, in a standard league where you only start one quarterback, you know, if you draft Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, Baker Mayfield, Russell Wilson, even Cam Newton, you know, that's kind of roughly where I draw the line. I'm not necessarily too worried about getting a second quarterback because I'll just I'll just stream that during the bye week when the time comes. Now it's a little risky if your guy gets hurt, of course, but you know, there becomes a line where if you're actually paying up for quarterback, don't allocate too much of your budget over to QB two, and that's kind of what uh, the list that I'm working with is trying to tell you. We have 16 quarterbacks listed with a positive dollar value. Mm-hmm. Of those, I probably wouldn't pay anything for Kirk Cousins, and I don't know if I'd go that with Dak Prescott. So we have Josh mm-hmm. Allen, Lamar Jackson, and Kyler Murray all listed as negative values. I suspect those guys will have at least one dollar bids, or in the case of Kyler mm-hmm. and Lamar, probably four or five. Your point is important, though. If it's a two QB league, this is an entirely different conversation, and those guys are going to become significantly more valuable. But you're really only looking to get uh, minimum value out of Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray to begin mm-hmm. with, because more than likely, they won't be guys you're consistently relying on, particularly Kyler in the beginning stages of the regular season. I would not feel comfortable rolling out a rookie quarterback, no matter how great of a prospect he is, in mm-hmm. the first two or three weeks of the season. So you're going to have to be playing a bit of a roulette. And mo- most likely, your league mates are also not going to be adding an, addi- an additional roster spot for the QB. Like You have to think about the opportunity cost that you have rostering two yeah. QBs compared to the other positions that might be out. Your bench spots are so valuable, guys. You know This is kind of an in-season strategy thing, but you want to keep those with high upside, younger running backs, wide receivers that could suddenly get uh, you know get thrusted into a bigger role should the cards all fall right. So that's why I'm not necessarily making sure I have a $1 quarterback backup on my bench necessarily. Now, if I end up with a Carson Wentz and there's some injury risk, maybe. You know, if my QB1s, Dak Prescott, Jared Goff, Lamar Jackson, uh, that kind of tier, then I'll probably grab another $1 guy just in case. And I mean, plenty of guys, whether it's Lamar Jackson, I actually have him priced out as $3 on this. So we're looking, I think I, I think I, I'm, because I'm using the software, I have a couple more scoring a folds yeah. Yeah, into consideration. But, you know, you, you touched on Murray, $1 player by our calculations. Chances are someone in your league is going to get a little bit hyped and go up to three, four, five dollars on it. You know, but uh, think of it the same way. Like Baker Mayfield last year, the situation is different because Baker Mayfield wasn't necessarily starting out of the gates, but he was definitely uh, a negative value player on auction day. And this isn't it, this isn't necessarily that much different. Now look at Baker Mayfield. You know, he's going to be he's way up there. Uh, you know, we've got him as our QB five at this point. So you know, they can change from year to year. But I guess the point I'm trying to make is uh, even if you're really really high on Kyler Murray, I don't think you go into your draft as a 12 team or planning for him to be your starting quarterback all year long i think there'll be some bumps down the road or yeah. at the beginning i shouldn't say down the road maybe there's improvement the up offense there's a ton of upside there uh of course he's got some weapons david johnson will make it easier on him but uh you know i'm not i w- i personally wouldn't be willing to go more than two three bucks on him in a 12 teamer you didn't participate in the, the vegas uh, league draft that we had a couple of weeks ago, right? That was correct. You didn't participate. Oh in that no, one? Uh, yeah, I can't. I can't sacrifice the valuable no, no. pool time. <laughs> uh, you choose the smart route. I have no idea why I keep going back year in and year out and doing that. Mm-hmm. We did have Kyler Murray in both those leagues valued as a starting quarterback, and I agree with you that that's not the mm-hmm. case. But I wouldn't be surprised. By those are also August. fourteen team leagues, though, too. So the 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 replacement level player line 
definitely it, sinks down sinks a little it, yeah. bit when we're talking about 14 teamers compared to 12 teamers. Any other quarterbacks you want to touch on? We, you know, we can't. We'll, we'll try the, to do some quick only, hitters. Yeah. The only thing I think you really need to figure out when you're doing the quarterback specifically and you're, you're breaking it down, what do you want to pay up for Patrick Mahomes? Hmm. I had this conversation with Chris Liss yesterday and it was a pretty passionate debate over a couple different segments on Sirius XM. He was trying to convince himself and I feel like he almost talked himself into taking Patrick Mahomes at the end of the second round. He had the number one overall pick, so it would have been probably Saquon Barkley Mahomes. He didn't go that route and end up taking Nick Chubb, but I think there was an important distinction. Projecting what your numbers are for Mahomes, uh, whether you think he's getting the 40 touchdowns that probably regression would suggest he'd get to, or if he gets close to his 50 touchdowns, 5,000 passing yards like he did last season, that's an important distinction. We have him currently listed uh, at $31. Your software has him at $21 or $27. Mm-hmm. That's like higher tier running back position where you're investing considering guys like philip rivers we already talked about lamar jackson kyler murray are negative values on our our site and also near the software how comfortable do you feel paying up significantly for a quarterback when there are obvious advantages at other positions overall Mm -hmm. i personally would not um and then that's just me i can't fault anyone that would want to go up to 27 that's devoting a pretty big part of your uh, of your budget to that position obviously it'll be more for you and you're gonna have to make sacrifices elsewhere but i think 27 is reasonable again we'll we'll talk about this concept more when we get down to running backs and saquon barkley but we have mahomes projected for 4700 yards and uh 41 touchdowns two rushing touchdowns 316 rushing yards uh those are those are our projections that we have for him right now and of course that's uh it only becomes more likely he realizes those i believe they've already been adjusted yes, for the impact of, of tyree kill coming back so uh Definitely. Uh, I, last year, I think he's going to be good. I think he'll be the top quarterback again. It's just a matter of using that draft capital that early. I saw in an NFFC league uh, that was happening the other day, the Rotowire Online Championships are starting. You know, your beat Chris List, your beat Jeff Erickson leagues. I saw him taken in the second round and not even before, like, before the turn. So it must have been a different draft than the one listening you were talking about because he wouldn't have had a shot at him at that point if he was number one. So that's very interesting. Now, if you tier it, Mahomes is technically in a tier of his own because the number two quarterback, Deshaun Watson, we priced out at $17, followed by Aaron Rodgers at 15 Luck at 12 Baker Mayfield at 9 and change. So uh, you, there's, a, there's a big gap. He's in a tier of his own. I think he'll lead all fantasy scorers again this year. I don't even think that's a hot take or a no, bold no. position. He will be the top scoring player in all of fantasy, and that's worth something. Um, we have him in, in the system I'm using. I have him projected for 416 fantasy points, and Watson is 382, Rogers 377, Luck 368, Mayfield 357. So he is a, a decent amount ahead of everybody else, and I think 41 passing touchdowns could even be modest now that we yes. know he has Tyree Killback. Yes, and that was the, the point that Liss was trying to make, and it's worth pointing out people considering him at the turn in the second round or i think he was taking three picks before Liss's draft yesterday so that was close to the turn but not quite uh the nffc is six points per touchdown pass so that's where distinction between maybe standard league where it's four points for mm. touchdown and six that's the difference there that's where it kind of gets the value yeah. to play yeah my fantasy point numbers are coming from four points right. per touchdown pass which is very widely accepted as the league standard yes. you know having yes. six is unique but having six i don't know if, if it's six points per touchdown he almost jumps in the back end of the first round consideration right. for that, me because and that's, that's where the conversation mm-hmm. comes to play yep. absolutely and i agree with you entirely uh with the ranking mahomes I, if it's mahomes or the field in terms of who has the most fantasy points this season? I think I'm taking the field, mm-hmm. but certainly I'm not going to yeah. say Mahomes does less than top 10 yeah. in terms of fantasy mm-hmm. points. One so. thing I wanted to note is uh, now we'll just do a hypothetical. If it's a two quarterback league, 
then the values get very, very interesting because our computer jumps Mahomes up to $49, which is essentially give or take a few cents, depending on what day you look at it and what the rest of the projection field looks like. Um, it's about the same as Saquon Barkley. So you're doing a two quarterback league. You have the number one pick. Suddenly that pick gets very interesting. Do you take, uh, you know, the number one running back or do you just go ahead and take Mahomes? Maybe a little bit more safety just taking the quarterback than a running back. And by two quarterback leagues, I mean leagues where you have to start two quarterbacks. And I count in my mind QB flex leagues as two quarterback leagues because, you know, 90% of the time, unless you're ravaged by injuries, you're going to start a quarterback in that flex spot if it's an option. Right. We spent a lot of time talking about the quarterback position as a whole when you're when you're doing the auction league, but I think it's really important entering with a plan, particularly at the quarterback spot. Do you want to pay up for the Mahomes, uh, Watson, Rodgers of the world, or do you want to pay down, or not pay down, I guess just pay very little at the quarterback spot and, mm-hmm. and do a roulette system. The same applies for the tight end position overall, too. I think it's the big three, Kelsey, Ertz, and, uh, oh boy, I'm Kittle. George Kittle. Yeah. Man, I can't believe I Kittle's was and bits. He's the one that I like the most out of the three, quite mm-hmm. frankly, uh, uh, at least in snake draft. So it's the top three and then basically everything else. It's a unique year for the tight end position overall. I like paying for the middle-priced guys. OJ Howard at $14, Hunter Henry at $8 are interesting. And despite the fact that I despise Eric Ebron and think the regression uh, train is going to just run him over, mm-hmm. at $1, I'll yeah. gladly take him for mm-hmm. a tight end 8 or tight end 9. What is your thoughts on the tight end position overall in an auction format? Man, I've, got a, I've got one of the most interesting Ebron dilemmas before I get into that. Uh, in a keeper league, I'm going to keep Travis Kelsey at $21. No-brainer yes. for me yeah. because we priced him out at like $41, $42 in a 12-teamer. We'll get to that in a second um, so i'm keeping kelsey at 21 no matter what and honestly if i go by value uh, outside of all positions um and, and this is a, this is a keeper league so there's going to be inflation too on top of that uh, you know on the open market i would guess kelsey would be almost a 50 dollars player in that type of format um but i've got eric ebron for one dollar keeper too and I can start a, I can flex a tight end, but do I really want both of my keepers to be tight end? I can kind of screw the rest of the owners over and really uh, squeeze the tight end player pool. So that's one way to think about it. But I've got to really take a close examine, uh, examination of my keepers there. But anyway, tight ends as a whole, um, obviously Travis Kelsey is uh, above and beyond everyone else. And last year, my two targets as far as the most shares of people that I got were Ezekiel Elliott and Travis Kelsey. And man, can I tell you, it is so nice to not have to worry about streaming tight ends. It is so nice to not have to pick between two tight ends. It is so nice to put one guy in every single week except his buy and not worry about that. The problem is for me, there are only five tight ends that I think fit this description. You know, I'll go the big five, Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz. I think Howard gets into there and I think Evan Ingram gets into there too, you know, Rotowire's values have Jared Cook next. I'm not completely sold on it. I know how Drew Brees is with tight ends, and uh, and that could be very helpful in New Orleans. You know, Vance McDonald's next. There's definitely opportunity there, but there's a lot of question marks there. You know, I, I think I might even like Hunter Henry over your Najoku, McDonald, uh, Cook guys. But again, you know, coming back from injury, there's a little bit of a risk there. Rivers is always going to throw to his tight end, but I'm going to try to dip into that big five because uh, because it's just so nice it's such a luxury to have that nice tight end and i'll and i'll try to make up for it by you know with one dollar bench players maybe a one dollar wide receiver three definitely you know three to six dollars on quarterbacks tops entirely you know i'm gonna i'm gonna look for you know a dollar james winston dollar mitch trubisky if i can find those types of players you know, that, that's how i'm gonna play this so i can allocate some more money towards tight end i'm gonna shoot for kelsey if i can't get him i really like oj howard around his price which is about 14 dollars right now What's the software list Ertz and Kittle at? Um, 
I've, they're both almost identical. Kittle just slightly ahead of Ertz. Uh, Kittle 33.75, Ertz 32.39. Okay, so Kelsey at 41, and you can round mm-hmm. up for Ertz and Kittle and say $34, $33 in that mm-hmm. range. Yep. I don't mind that at all. I wouldn't be surprised to see if Kittle ends up dropping a little bit as we get into the dog days of August when it comes to that. We've seen him fall a little bit in mm-hmm. snake drafts now, kind of going in the late end third, beginning of the fourth. I like that a lot. If you are comfortable acquiring one of those top five tight ends, I feel comfortable saying it's probably more like top four. I'm trying to avoid Evan Ingram for the price that we're paying. And mm-hmm. I'd much rather have a guy like Hunter Henry or even if you fall down later on, Mark Andrews, who I thought really impressed in his rookie mm-hmm. season with the Ravens. So I'll take those cheaper tight ends if I can't get mm-hmm. a guy like Kittle. I don't feel comfortable paying up for Kelsey, despite really how he's acting essentially as a wide receiver. If you were to draft him or acquire him in auction, he is basically your wide receiver one, and you're just trying to build the rest of your roster around mm-hmm. him. But and I- he gets a slight downgrade without Tyreek Hill. I'm not a lot there's a slight downgrade there but he was obviously very productive with Tyree Kill around last year and I said without Tyree Kill I meant with Tyree Kill sure. back yeah so he does get a slight downgrade in auction values but uh I would still be comfortable paying in the 35 to 40 dollars range for him. at least I'll still be bidding and price enforcing because if I can't get him in that range then somebody else in that league is uh 100 paying 40 or more for him I agree. So any other low price guys before we move on to tight end position overall that you feel comfortable with? Again, I identified Eric Ebron, who we have at least on the website listed as a plus $1 player. But frankly, it's it's kind of a, a quagmire as far as negative price players, even guys in that four mm-hmm. to one range that I just don't feel comfortable with other than Ebron. Yeah, I mean, if I'm in a deeper league, I don't mind taking a shot at Dallas Goddard for a buck because they both can be productive. And if anything were to happen to Ertz, suddenly Goddard's top five tight end i mean you could say that with a lot of these guys but yeah i mean really i'm hoping to not put myself in a position to be down at these one dollar tight ends here the the last guy i'm really comfortable with like i said is oj howard or maybe hunter henry i'd throw him in there too because i like him enough and i mean i'm getting one of those six guys one way or another so if you're drafting with me there's my strategy that's that's kind of how i've went too so i don't blame you really with that with idea before we get to the running back position overall and the values that we like let's hear a word from our sponsors super draft the future of daily fantasy sports has arrived experience super drafts exclusive game mode a game mode multiplier say goodbye to salary restrictions and hello to lineup freedom use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want super draft allows contests for nfl mlb nba nhl and pga so you can enjoy the best of dfs all year round Sign up for Super Draft today using promo code ROTOWARE and claim your free $5 in Super Cash and free $3 entry with your first deposit. Download in the App Store or play at superdraft.io. Super Draft, no limits, more winning. All right, we talked about the running back position, or we're going to talk about the running back position. We talked about quarterback and tight end. This is an important spot, right? Like if you're going with the quarterback tight end, you're paying down for at least one of those, if not both of those. You're now freeing up the opportunity to pay up for Mm -hmm. the running back spot. When you're paying up, you have to first consider Saquon Barkley going number one overall for the most part, maybe number two in some different formats. Uh, Chris and Jim kind of talked about the overall number one first pick strategy yesterday because he has that first pick in the NFFC. Mm -hmm. Auction-wise, though, he's the highest-priced player in most standard formats. Two QBs is a little bit different. Do you feel like you want to pay up as Mm -hmm. high as you might have to for a guy like Saquon Barkley? Again, this is the advantage that you have with the auction draft that you can get him even though you might not have the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the, definitely an interesting dilemma. So I'll kind of start this off with a little, I don't know if we'll call it a thought experiment of sorts. We have Saquon Barkley projected for 1,377 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 81 catches for 677 receiving yards, and four receiving touchdowns. 
Now, if he fully realizes those projections 100%, he is mathematically a $78, $79 player. He's, he's the top of the board that much. Uh, if he fully realizes those projections, and if even Ezekiel Elliott fully realizes our projections of 1366 yards, 12 rushing touchdowns, 68 catches for 522 receiving yards and two touchdowns, um, if he fully realizes those projections too, um, you know, Saquon Barkley scoring, you know, 37 points more uh, than Ezekiel Elliott, 37 fantasy points more than Ezekiel Elliott. So um, that's the thing that you have to keep in mind when looking at the very, very top of the board like this. Yeah, that price might be a little bit higher than you maybe will see even in your league. Um, but if he fully realizes those projections, that is how much he's worth. Now, realistically, Saquon Barkley is going to go between 65 and $75 in the great majority of auctions. Once you get past 70, people get real, real wary about continuing to hit that up bid button because it's a big it's a big commitment. It's a big percent of your budget. Uh, you're definitely all, you're almost limiting yourself in terms of other superstars you can get unless you're starting unless you have a real good plan for one dollar players. Uh, but most drafts he's going to go between sixty five and seventy. I would think looking at average auction value on other sites, you know, uh, on Fantasy Pros Barkley's at sixty four. On my Fantasy League, Barkley's at sixty five. So uh, th- there's no denying that we're a little bit high on Saquon Barkley. But I think you could use this to your advantage if you're the one that's willing to go up to $70, $71 where most of your other owners are, just won't cross that $69 threshold. Um, no joke even there, but it, and most of your owners won't cross that. I think there's a little bit of value to getting him. Uh, of course, that's if he realizes those projections, which I reasonably think he can. I do too. Again, 1377 rushing yards, 12 touchdowns. He's looking at just under 2000 combined yards. We're talking about Saquon Barkley and then around 16 touchdowns. Yeah, that sounds a little bit up. Op- it sounds op- it sounds optimistic, but would you have ever guessed a guy like Mahomes would have thrown for 50 touchdowns and 5000 passing yards last year? Mm-hmm. No, and that's what makes him now to the point where he's considered at the back end of the second round or third round snake leagues. Mm-hmm. I I'm fine going ahead and paying up for a guy like Saquon Barkley. This is the exact reason why you are in an auction league format, so you can go get those running backs who I think reasonably, only that reasonably, could hit these figures that we're projecting currently. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not trying to be a company man, but I don't think it's out of the question that a guy like Saquon Barkley, given how much the Giants offense is going to have to focus on him and how elite of a talent he has been even since his college days, it's not unrealistic to expect him to do something possibly historic, mm-hmm. which is really kind of what I'm looking yeah. at Barkley. And again, yeah. for the 64 to $65 range that a lot of people are at least paying up for, mm-hmm. I feel like you're actually getting a little bit of a price yeah. savings. Exactly. I would be per- If I got Saquon Barkley for $66, I would be most pleased with it. Uh, I mean, he was already going for 50s last year. And you talk about value over a replacement player. Uh, in this 12-team league that I'm kind of uh, throwing out there, my replacement level line, I've got right around Jarek McKinnon, Jalen Richard, and they're scoring 136 fantasy points. Saquon Barkley scoring 344 fantasy points. So that's just, that's why his value is so high because there's such a massive upgrade over that replacement level player that he's just going to be your elite stud that you roll with the entirety of the season. But you've got a couple other targets that we want to uh, want to look at in the running back range. You want to play a little Goldilocks with that? We'll say too high, too low, or just right? Yeah, that's that's totally fine with me. Again, we talked about the quarterback tight end spot, and at least for me, I'm probably paying down a quarterback, and I might be paying down a tight end too. It's so I can acquire one, if not two of the top uh, running backs that I want to have. So mm-hmm. Saquon, great. We both like that value. Christian McCaffrey at $57, at least on the site. Uh, I guess I don't know what the software has him listed technically, mm-hmm. but I like that price quite a bit 
quite a bit, particularly in a PPR league. I've won on record now a couple of seasons in a row saying I'm not a huge fan of Cam Newton as the quarterback, as the athlete, as the runner. I love him quite a bit. I think McCaffrey's going to have to get a lot of targets, and I was fine with him being a first-round pick last year. Mm-hmm. I'm fine paying that high 50, early 60 price for McCaffrey. Same goes for David Johnson, who we have listed at 53 mm-hmm. right now in the formats we listed above. Uh, yeah, give me both of those guys at that price. I'm mm-hmm. I'm all in on that. Yeah, so McCaffrey 57, uh, you know, going with the Goldilocks theme, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say just right. I think he's that'll be adequately priced. You might have to go up to 60 for him if you really, really want him in your auction because a lot of people do place him up in that tier. Uh, but 57, I think, is fair for your 12-team half PPR. David Johnson, 53. I'm actually going to say too low on this. I think I might have mentioned it, but I think that uh, the rookie quarterback, that whole system, is going to rely on David Johnson, and I think he could catch 100 balls this year. I really do. Um, he's going to be good enough. So in, in that situation, uh, a half-point PPR, we have him priced at 53. I think that's a little bit too low because he's – I know he's – number five on most rankings and i've seen other arguments other ways but for me i'm not bold enough to put johnson ahead of kamara on my rankings but i think the gap is razor razor thin sure that that, that's where i'm at right now so i could see i would pay if if we have 53 listed for david johnson i would go up to 55 or 56 uh if i'm bidding for this in an auction and 12 teamer this goes back to what you talked about last tuesday in terms of when these guys are thrown out I almost think I'd toss out David Johnson first among the running backs if I was to be able to nominate him at an appropriate time mm-hmm. because he will be the price savings. Like those other four guys that you mentioned, Zeke Kamara, McCaffrey, Barkley are going to get their points. Or I'm mm-hmm. sorry, get their that's money, actually right? that's a great idea. Nominate him first if you can, where people are a little bit hesitant, and then maybe you can sneak him in for around fifty one, fifty two dollars, and and get a lot of savings. I know we kind of talked about last week about early. I generally tend to nominate some of the players that I, I don't like to drain other people's budgets at right. least early. In auctions but we did also discuss the uh the early you know the first mover advantage no one's you're not hiding david johnson everyone knows who Mm -hmm. david johnson is and among those five running backs if you like him equally and i think both of us end up do like him on the five like again Mm -hmm. the the difference is razor thin like you mentioned why not try to see if you can get him out there right away if nothing else you know that somebody's paying up then at at that last running back whatever the fifth one ends up being Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't mind it being kamara because then he's gonna get priced up higher there you go. Then you're going to have mm-hmm. a, a difference in the savings. Yep. So, yeah. And you draw your line for the elite tier if you use that right. strategy. And I think the same thing could probably be said for maybe that second or third tier, quite frankly. I, Josh Jacobs, on Johnson, two guys that I've been uh, pretty staunchly high on. I've kind of been going making my rounds in the media appearances saying, yes, I'll definitely take both of those guys at the uh, third, fourth round range. Both Jacobs and on Johnson going for $27. So if that first tier is Barkley, McCaffrey, David Johnson, that $55 to $65 range, there's the Joe Mixon, Delvin Cook range, uh, mm-hmm. along with Marlon Mack. That's number two tier. This third tier with the David Johnson, Josh Jacobs, on Johnson, I'm sorry, not David Johnson, on and, and Jacobs, those are guys that I also really like, uh, mm-hmm. uh, like quite a bit at that price point. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, $28 for someone like Josh Jacobs is unproven, but I don't see a whole lot of competition that he has there, so I could absolutely see it. Um, you know, that's about the same tier that we have Philip Lindsay in right now. Um, you know, he's kind of got, uh, I, I, he, he says he's healthy, doesn't have any limitations. That makes things interesting. I mean, out of Josh Jacobs, Philip Lindsay, and on Johnson, um, Man, I mean, I think the Lions are going to probably finish last in the division, but you know, someone's got to do it for them. I think I'd rather take Carry On Johnson, but it's it's 
it's so tight in that decision. I might, what I might do is I might pay up for one of those top five guys and then try to go on the list and maybe get a mix of eight, nine dollar guys that I can, that one guy has a chance to, to, to pull up on. Well, now you're right in my range because you're my eight dollar favorite. Uh, well, maybe not. I mean, the eight dollar favorite James White standard versus PPR. Like there's mm-hmm. a big difference in the, in the price points. Ten dollars James White PPR version compared to the standard version. And I think. There's a little bit of savings to be had in the standard version. James mm-hmm. White, $18, at least in the Goldilocks theory, that's just right for me. I feel really comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. $8 standard, he's going to be enough of a weapon in the red zone. And they lost Rob Gronkowski, who I think a lot of media members are probably putting an overemphasis on what he meant to their offense in the last two seasons. Mm-hmm. But still. Especially what, in his blocking ability, too, and we're talking running backs here. Right. I think uh, the red zone part of Gronk in particular was maybe a little bit of exaggerated. Uh, mm-hmm. James White's been a, a guy that they use quite often in, in different techniques or different ways to the point where I feel comfortable assuming he's going to get five, six, seven touchdowns because mm-hmm. I consider Tom Brady still to be an elite quarterback in the NFL. He'll be able to move the ball. The Patriots are going to be able to scheme an offense effectively. So yeah, $8 mm-hmm. for a standard James White, I'll take at the at the price point. Yeah. yeah, we definitely we had a Twitter question on this and it was, you know, how do you price him differently in leagues? And very few players have a $10 swing between standard and PPR, but James White is understandably one of him because of uh, I mean, just the amount of passes that he can catch, you know, looking at last year's stats, which, you know, all this up on the software, he had 87 receptions last year, 751 receiving yards. You're getting a wide receiver that you put in at your at your running back spot. And that is truly advantageous. I mean, I would feel okay, especially if it were a PPR league going into the year with him as an RB2. You're going to have you're going to have Sony Michelle to contend with. But uh, I'm okay paying uh, I'm okay paying both of those prices, actually, because I think he's you know, he's getting he's on the right side of 30. He's 27 years old. um, So he's kind of just hitting his stride in terms of his athletic prime. Uh, You you mix that with openings in terms of opportunity on that offense. And you mix that with, you know, maybe Tom Brady's not going to be able to quite sling it out like he like he used to be able to. I might have to rely a, slat, a tad bit more on uh, on short passes. So there's a lot of reasons to like James White, and he's definitely a player that's been undervalued in leagues. We only have four players projected higher, at least for running backs, in terms of receptions. It's Saquon Barkley, Barkley Kamara, McCaffrey, and then Tariq Cohen, who I think is another one of those guys that in a standard to mm-hmm. PPR format would probably see a $10 or more difference. I'm fine saying James White will be top five in receptions from the running back position. I'll be fine saying he's top three, whether it be mm-hmm. whether it ends up being 81, 71 in that range. I feel completely comfortable yeah. with. So yeah, the price difference is huge. Two lower priced guys. Uh, when I say lower, like Chris Carson, zero dollars technically in our value. We have him now mm-hmm. closer to two dollars yep. in the half point PPR, and then Ronald Jones. One of those negative value players, which I just completely disagree with. And I wouldn't be surprised uh, by end of August, he ends up being a, a positive value. Once we know mm-hmm. for certain the Bucks will end up starting him. Give me every bit of Chris Carson, despite the fact that he might not be starting. And I will 100% take Ronald Jones at a $1 value. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know Chris Carson was one of my best buys in the stake league last year because I'm thinking, okay, even if they do go to the rookie, uh, they're going to use Chris Carson a lot early on. And I think he's he's not a flashy player, but he's definitely a safety play, and he's going to be a serviceable RB2 a lot of weeks. So, so I'm with you there, especially if you can get him for two, three bucks. I mean, that, that that's a steal for me. Um, we just don't it's surprising to me when you you mentioned the Tampa Bay guys we don't have a ton of production coming out of that Tampa Bay backfield it's almost as if they take away from each other Peyton Barber we have projected for 800 rushing yards six touchdowns 23 catches for 133 receiving yards Ronald Jones we have projected for 747 yards four touchdowns 21 catches 161 yards receiving so uh the rushing number is not that different we have Barber with a couple touchdowns but 
that kind of makes them both right around that replacement level line within 10 points of you know the replacement level line that we draw for a 10 team league obviously if we're talking 14 team leagues these guys are both positive value players no question about that whatsoever um but i could very much see you know maybe 25 percent of the production from one guy shifting to another and then that would be a pretty big swing yeah that would be a pretty big swing so if you're a ronald jones believer and you think uh 200 of peyton barber's rushing yards and one or two of his touchdowns are going to go to Jones, you know, and take those off Barber's projection. Then all of a sudden we're running up into putting Ronald Jones, you know, just based on where the fantasy points shake out as a nine, ten, eleven dollar player. And I think that's where his price is going to be heading as we move closer to auction or to draft day or to the peak of draft season. Well, I want the record to show that maybe I'm not necessarily a Ronald Jones believer, but I'm a believer in Bruce Arians identifying who are the mm-hmm. better talent. And certainly Dirk Cutter last year proved very much incapable of deciding that, even at the quarterback position, but also at running back. I think Ronald Jones is better than Peyton Barber. I don't think I'm going out on a limb when I'm saying that. And I know a lot of other people at Rotowire have uh, went very hard mm-hmm. on that distinction. Yeah, I mean, Bruce Arians made a fantasy stud out of David Johnson. Between Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, which one of those is closer to David Johnson? Yeah, or like even <laughs> Andre Ellington ended up being a fantasy relevant name for the Cardinals mm-hmm. back then. Yeah, the oh, I definitely Palmer started him in you know, a couple like, weeks. It happened. Like, of course, Ronald Jones is the better talent. Maybe Peyton Barber gets a few more of the catches, but mm-hmm. I'm not too much, or I'm not concerned enough to the point where I'm fading Ronald Jones. And I think. Certainly in the 5 to $8 mm-hmm. range, I feel comfortable taking yeah, it. Yeah, and not to get too far off topic before we move on to the next position group, but I think that Jameis Winston, you know, we have him kind of above that replacement line by a handful of dollars. I think he could easily be a 5 $6 player or even greater in, oh, in, in oh, the league this year. Like, yeah, I think he's being a little bit undervalued right now. Uh, I'd be very cool if I ended up with uh, Mitch Trubisky and uh, Jameis Winston each under $5 at auction. That would be my dream auction scenario. Well, the, the Packer fan of me can't possibly take a quarterback from the Bears, one of the also has proved to be ineffective at yeah. actually being a quarterback. Sorry, Bears fans. I, I'm to not that. going to let the Packer thing blind me with this one. Mitch Trubisky is actually going to have a good fantasy <sighs> season. If, when he when when he gets less let loose, he's going to be able to make some things happen. And he's right at that stage in development where it's perfect that he could make a major leap if he's allowed to do the things that, that he can do. No, I, I agree with that. I just don't know if they want him to like i I, there's a point i i believe in matt nagy's an offensive coordinator and if he was really trying to hold back uh mitch trubisky i think there's a reason for that and for me it was the talent i just don't think the accuracy Mm -hmm. is there as a quarterback but that's a different discussion for a different day we're going to round out the auction draft value particularly the wide receiver position after this but i want to get a message in from fantasydraft.com fantasydraft.com would like you to bring an important message about rake are you tired of paying high fees to play daily fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees called rake can cost daily fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As daily fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More rake just means more money lying in the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players, but change is coming. Starting in July, Fantasy Draft is changing the game by bringing you rake-free daily fantasy. That's right. Soon you'll be able to play your favorite daily contest without paying any rake break on fantasy draft 100 of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100 of the time playing your favorite contest rake free and fantasy draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month rake free daily fantasy is truly a game changer just imagine what playing on fantasy draft is going to do for your bankroll register at fan- uh, register at fantasydraft.com today and be the first to know when the rake free revolution begins use promo code rwnfl to receive a free seven-day trial the wider wide receiver position in auction draft 
formats in particular has changed dramatically now that we know that Tyreek Hill will not be suspended this season. We're not going to talk or spend much time about the merits of that suspension or if there should have been or not. I don't want to get into that discussion right now. Mm -hmm. But our formula has him currently set at $42 or wide receiver six. I saw him draft in the NFFC league at the back end of the first round, and I think a lot of people are going to be sneaking him into the second round as well in snake formats. If that's the case, comparing to other receivers around that spot in snake formats, $42 actually might be a bit of a price savings for a guy like Tyreek Hill, who we know is one of, if not the most explosive player in the NFL. Yeah, sometimes I think our, our formula is a little lax on the very, very top tier of wide receivers. So $42, if you got him, definitely would be ecstatic because you're paying for wide receiver six, in my opinion. You know, you get Adams, Julio Jones, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I'm not saying in any particular order, Smith-Schuster, uh, Odell Beckham, and then, you know, probably can throw Antonio Brown in there, but there's there's definitely a line in there. I, I like I like Tyreek Hill is just outside that top five. In the NFFC, he went 13-17 and 17 in two Rotowire online championships last year. Again, three wide receivers, full PPR. That has something to do with it here, but we're not drafting on morality over here. We want to help you guys win your fantasy football league. So if you're capable of turning a blind eye to you know, what may be going on, the only thing keeping him from being, I think, a top three receiver is the slight risk of something maybe resurfacing with the whole situation and and suddenly the suspension talk gets revisited. But as of right now, there's no evidence that they have to uh, suspend him based on. So uh, um, throw him at wide receiver number six for me. I think I would pay – I'd go up to at least 46, 47, I think, depending on what the rest of my team context is looking at. So 42 in terms of Goldilocks here, I, I'd say too low. In a full PPR format, I actually think maybe it's just just right. Like I like Hopkins, Julio, Juju, Devontae Adams, Brown, Odell, Mike Thomas, even Mike Evans. I'll take all those guys, given what they're going to be seeing target wise. Like Hill of mm-hmm. that group is I, the one getting Hill the least over Mike of Evans is a no brainer for me. You'll take you'll take Hill. I, over I would Mike take Hill Evans. over Mike Evans. That's one that I'm not not even thinking about that much. Yeah. Mike Evans is great, and of course Bruce Arians is going to make that improve. But uh, I mean. I don't know. Look at Hill's got Kelsey and Sammy Watkins, I guess. Uh, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. Um, and um, what else do we get? Well, OJ Howard. Howard too, yeah, OJ Howard, who, who, who we already high. discussed on yes. being high on. Exactly. So, um, so yeah, so, so most definitely Hill over Mike Evans is, is a no brainer f- for me. That's where I'm, that's kind of where I draw the line. I'm not going to fight anybody if they want to take Hill over Evans, but I think I'd go with a touchdown upside that. Evans is going to give me over Hill, who, mm-hmm. of course, is also going to be explosive enough to get touchdowns. Yeah. We're, we're, we're splitting hairs. Exactly. We only have Evans projected for one more touchdown than right. we do Tyreek Hill, and that could easily flip based on any kind of a variance that happens during the NFL season. I, I mean, I, I feel like we're actually a little bit low on the projections. We have uh, Evans for nine touchdowns, Hill for nine touchdowns, combined receiving and rushing. I think both could hit over on that number pretty easily. Like if I was a betting man and going to mm-hmm. Vegas on that one, I'd say over for both those guys. We were just in Vegas. Where were your bets then? Well, they, they weren't at season. There wasn't any prop exactly. I know we have to get we you got to get real creative to and (laughs) and take a little adventure if you want to get the real props out there. Either way, $42 for Tyreek Hill, I agree, is probably a little bit under in the Goldilocks theory. Two guys that I really, really like price wise right now we have Chris Goblin at $18, Kenny Galladay at $26. In comparison, we have Julian Edelman at $19. I was fine with that prior to the injury. Now I'm completely off. Give me Chris Goblin at $18 100% of the time. And I talked with, about this with Chris Liss yesterday on SiriusXM. Kenny Galladay is one of my favorite wide receiver two. Uh, third, fourth round type of guys at $26. I think that's tremendous value. And I'm a Packers fan, but somehow I'm super on board with both Galladay mm-hmm. and Carryon Johnson for that line's offense. 
Yeah, yeah. Somehow I think the offense will find a way to get it together. There's just a lot of issues going on with that team. I also expect them to be behind in a lot of games. Uh, you know, I think what was the most recent one to come out with division projection, uh, predictions? I think it was Sports Illustrated yesterday, had them at dead last at 3 and 13, and I couldn't really find that much of an argument against it. Uh, but anyway, we were talking about the tier. You wanted to do Godwin first. I'd say that's a, I'd say that's just right. Maybe a little too high because only I'm looking around the tier here. Um, I'm not as affected as much as you are on the Julian Edelman injury, so I have no problem paying 17 uh, for him. I'd probably actually take Edelman over Godwin just because of the projected role in the offense and the target share percentage. So, so, so I would go with that. And then, you know, when we get down to these players around Chris Godwin, I think I'd rather have Elshon Jeffrey, and they're priced almost identically. But then, you know, go, going down the list, I'd definitely rather have Godwin over somebody like Sammy Watkins, especially sure. with Hillback. I'd rather have Godwin over your D.D. Westbrook and Corey Davis types, so it starts to make me think about it a little bit, but I do have I do have Elshon Jeffrey over Godwin. So um, eighteen dollars, I'm going to say just a little too high, but not by a lot. We're getting really close. To, I, 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 for the software, I've got him at a sixteen twenty one, and I, I'm going to call that just right. Well, it's interesting enough. We actually have two players that I wanted to kind of debate price points with you at the wide receiver spot. Uh, one wide receiver at twenty three dollars is Brandon Cooks, and his teammate Robert Woods at twenty dollars. I'll take Chris Godwin over both of those guys, price point wise. Uh, like, it, I mean, I, I would pay Godwin price um, for Cooks or Woods. Like, I'll, I'll pay twenty three, twenty four. That's how high I am for on, on Godwin this year. And I'm not super into either Cooks or Woods, but I think it's an interesting dilemma overall for those two wide receivers, both on the Rams, who are kind of dependent on uh, Sean McVay and, to some extent, Jared Goff doing what they did for the past two seasons. Yeah, to me, it depends if you how much you value stability or if you're just going to look at the end season total numbers, because I, I would be willing to bet that yeah. uh, the when the season is over and you look at how many total fantasy points, that both Cooks and Woods will be ahead of Godwin in terms of fantasy points. But Godwin, I feel like, is going to because of his role in the offense, is going to be more consistent week to week, whereas Cooks and Woods, you're going to have, you know, one week you're going to have 25, and then the next week you're going to have five. But when they, when it adds up at the end of the year, the numbers will all be there. So uh, if you can stomach a little bit of uh, inconsistency there, I'd definitely rather have both of those options. Um, and at RotoWire, we have them rated Cooks number one, Woods number two. Cook's number one at about $24. Woods number two at about $21. I'm rounding up here. And Cooper Cup number three coming off the injury around thirteen sixty. I think that'll tighten up a little bit as we get kind of towards the heat of draft season. But uh, Godwin, I think we've got that rankings right with uh, Godwin behind both Cooks and, and Woods. I mean, you've got Sean McVay. The, I don't, to me, the extra film teams got in the playoffs isn't going to matter. People saw what Bill Belichick did in the Super Bowl. I think that's uh, more of the outlier than the norm here. You know, he's, he's a young, smart guy that is going to be able to enter bait and get these guys the ball and uh you know we don't know what what we're going to get out of Todd Gurley this year you know hopefully he's back and sure. ready to go but uh if they do have to rely more on the passing game all of these guys benefit I think the Todd Gurley thing is actually an interesting x factor and you could convince me either way that it'll benefit or it'll actually hurt Cooks Woods and, and Cup who I've been a notorious hater of him despite how great he's been the one thing that I want to take away from this exercise if there's anybody that's still listening at this point the wide receiver position is got tremendous value in that one to five, one to ten dollar range. Guys like Marquez Veldes Scantling, DK Metcalf, Paris Campbell, Christian Kirk, all under that one to five dollar range. It's so easy, 
so easy to even get a wide receiver three, but I've done wide receiver two at this point in different auction formats that I've done. Mm-hmm. Getting from that range, I feel entirely comfortable getting wide receivers. And if I wanted to pay Kenny Dollars, Kenny Dollars my wide receiver one and still go cheap at the position, I feel like I have a formidable starting lineup, which means I'm probably paying at the running back spot. Did you feel the same way after kind of looking at the, the roster and, and the way the money mm-hmm. is shaken out? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to try to load up a running back, so let's say you want to do Ezekiel Elliott and Delvin Cook or Ezekiel Elliott and Leonard Fournette, which is entirely possible in an auction, you'll never, ever get that in a snake draft. Right. Almost certainly will never get that in a snake draft. It would have to shake out really, really weird. That's like a 16 yeah. that you're in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So like, if you wanted to have both of them, you could, but you're going to pay the price at wide receiver. And I do agree with you. I do like having I want my wide receiver one to be roughly a $25 to $35 player. That's usually how I price it out in our stake league. But after that, um, you know, and then I'll try to get a couple guys in the in the 9 to 10 range. But you're, you're right, Joe, looking over this list, you know, there's a ton of guys that carry a lot of risk. There's no there's no denying that. But when you kind of get down to $1 players, I mean, let's see, I'll, I'll kind of look $4 and below. You know, you've got your Christian Kirk and Nikhil Harry's. Both of those guys, a lot of upside, haven't proven a whole lot. Obviously, yeah. one, you got a rookie and... And one you've you've seen flashes of, but you'd love to see it over a full season. I'm a little bit intrigued by Larry Fitzgerald at two bucks. You know, he's not just going to go away as long as he's playing. Um, DK Metcalf at two bucks. That's interesting. Paris Campbell at two bucks. Basically, you're rolling the dice a lot if you want to play that strategy. It's a viable strategy, and it's a league winning strategy if all the if all the cards fall into play here. But there's not a whole lot of stability yet. But there there are some interesting options. I mean, you list Valdez Scantling at around a dollar. You know, at the in dollar days in the auction, if someone throws out Valdez Scantling for a dollar and I have money left, I'll go. I'll definitely hit that two dollar bid. I'll take him for two bucks. Uh, Marvin Jones is another one. Uh, you know that keeper league that I have two tight ends in. Uh, he could also be one of my one dollar keepers in, in that league. So I might take him for a buck in that because it'll be inflation. Because I think going out there to start with. Um, you know, his market value would be six, seven in that league with inflation, just the way that that goes. And, um, I mean, I know you're a big Kenny Galladay guy, but people do seem to be forgetting about Marvin Jones and his, sure. his potential for consistency. And in the keeper league like that, I'll, t- I'll let him take up one of my $1 receiver spots, no problem, and then have more money to get more elite guys at the other two because I feel like I'm getting at least 5 $6 of value there just for that specific format. But yeah, going down this list, I mean, yeah, there's definitely very intriguing guys. They just all come with a little bit of risk, and it depends how much risk you really knew uh, to go. Yeah, going back to our, our strategy from last Tuesday's podcast about nomination, the guy like Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who you brought up, the $1, $2 bump, mm-hmm. you don't want to bring him up too early because I could see a situation where a lot of us are high, maybe just the Wisconsin office but or Wisconsin-based office, mm-hmm. uh, that he could even go up to 3 4 $5 if you do too early in the draft. If you wait too late, you might get a situation where somebody who has – uh, a couple bucks left over and has one roster spot might as well go pay four dollars because why not don't want to leave too much money on the or table. one of those situations where you got to make sure to test out your auction draft room ahead of time so you're familiar with all the controls nominate them at two dollars that makes it a lot less less likely yes. someone will yes. someone will push that three dollar button on you if, if you just put them out for one dollar and you have more than one dollar left nominate them at two dollars just to improve your chances yeah i, I mean that's that's really probably where I, I lean on that strategy mm-hmm. if you really are interested in a guy like that or any of those rookies that we had talked about as well i know marquez yeah. isn't a rookie but essentially this is second year in the, the green bay offense and it's different so uh yeah I, we've we spent a lot of time talking about auction draft last uh, last podcast just the overall strategy this podcast talking about values of different positions 
we're, we don't have a lot more time to spend on this, but there was an interesting question or debate brought up on the Twitter question that you posed, um, kind of promoting this podcast prior to it about mm-hmm. the different software eligible things. Maybe I'll just let you talk about that and lead us out of the podcast. Of course, <laughs> uh, I, I do want to thank our sponsor at Yahoo DFS before we even get into discussion about specific teams. And uh, you can rate and review this podcast. It's a huge uh, deal for us as far as getting more notoriety out there and really promoting the good work that not just you or Jake and I are doing, but also uh, you know all the guys out there like Chris List had the podcast Monday. We have the roulette style tomorrow, which is actually going to feature me and Luke Hoover talking about a vampire format of all else. So uh, a lot of different great things being talked about on the Road Aware podcast. Oh, man, Luke's the man. I love his uh, exploiting the matchup column that we have on the website in season. That's one of my tickets. Read it every single week. Uh, but anyway, so uh, one of our NFL writers, Jerry, that's at Rotowire NFL underscore JD, brought up the possibility of a cat-only draft where we only take players on the Lions, the Panthers, the Bengals and the Jaguars. You wanted to do a four-team cat only graph, and this was too. Uh, and I thought it was a good way to set up just how customizable our RotoWire draft software is. So a little bit of this is a software plug, but you can customize your entire pool by teams. I mean, heck, if you want to do a bird only draft, you could you could do just those five teams in that. And uh, yeah, you get very interesting uh, rankings here. Of course. Uh, if it's a four-team league and there's four quarterbacks, the software recognizes that there's a premium on quarterbacks. And the difference between Cam Newton and someone like Stafford, Dalton, or Foles is is quite a bit. So you're going to pay a premium for that. Obviously, uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to be up there, too, in those types of formats. Uh, and, of course, if you go with the $200 budget, there's a lot of money. So you get a lot of $50-plus players and that type of thing. But uh, anyway, get after Jerry on Twitter if you want to do a, a draft <laughs> like this. I don't have a I don't have a ton of analysis. Obviously, it's not going to help a lot of users. But it was just to kind of price it out. You know, we had Cam Newton at $68 based on, you know, again, this is a VORP thing. And once you get past four quarterbacks in your four-team league, there's nobody else there, out there that's going to get you any points. So there's a premium on quarterbacks. Now, if you do the birds-only league where there's five teams, uh, then, you end, or, then you end up with um, with uh, David Johnson of the Cardinals as the number one pick because you have five quarterbacks for four right. teams. So he, it's very, to me, it's amazing how the software can recognize this and get all this for you. Um, I know it's big in uh, in our, like our baseball drafts where people do, oh, well, I'm going to do AL only plus the Brewers because they used to be in the American League, that kind of thing on the software. You know, we have all of that uh, with the NFL draft software too. So if you want to do a cat only league, get after Jerry on Twitter or download the draft software. We'll have you covered for just about any situation here at yeah, RotoWire. It's, it's really great how the software where he's able to kind of uh, merge any sort of interest you could possibly have in any auction or, or even snake draft format too in that regard. So mm-hmm. that does it for us on the Tuesday NFL podcast sponsored by Yahoo DFS. I'll be back tomorrow with Luke Hover talking over a new format that he's kind of pushing. I'm interested in the Vampire League, but until then, see you later. See you later.